Hey guys, we're going to get to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's kind of podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow. Uh, we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Um, today, there's going to be no uh, video portion, uh, just audio. You can find the audio anywhere that you get your podcast. All right, so <laughs> as you can tell, it's not Monday. So again, this is kind of another random one, but... From what I get from the feedback, you guys appreciate the random ones. So this is what we're going to get another one. We're going to get another random one. So, I mean, it's it's outside. It's raining outside. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about a few stuff and I'm just like, man, let's just record. (laughs) You know, so I'm here at my apartment and I'm recording. And so this is literally going to be a kind of like a brainstorm session where you'll get a lesson out of it, but you'll kind of see. Um, the thought process of going into getting kind of a podcast together. So here's the thoughts that I was thinking about. Um, the thought was learning from your absence and your presence. Learning from your absence and your presence. So where does this thought process come from? So if you're a sports fan or not a sports fan, I'll try to explain it so you can understand. So in sports, you know, teams have the ability to either say they want to keep a player or they want to trade a player. And recently there's been a lot of trading players, right? There's been a lot. And so what happens is a lot of times when you trade a player that you think you can replace or you trade a player that you you get draft picks for them or you get more money for them so you can go get somebody else that you think is better. Whatever the case is, that's what happens in sports. And a lot of the times you don't really see the impact of that decision until like a year later. Like you have to wait because you have to see how the person that you gave up, you have to see how they're doing in another city. But then also you have to see how the person that you thought would be better than that person, how they actually did with you. And you have to reevaluate where you are at the end of the year. And so as I was thinking about that, sometimes think about that process of learning, right? We can learn in two ways. And just like that sports example, both sides learned a lot about each other. And so we can learn a lot from everybody's presence about who's here, but we can also learn a lot from people's absence. And so as I think about it, guys, I think about um, I think about Christ. And remember, Jesus was with the disciples for around three and a half years, right? And as he's with those disciples, have you really have you ever sat there and thought about the advantages that they had? In all honesty. I know we read about Jesus feeding the 5,000 and Jesus doing miracles and uh, Jesus healing their families and doing all these great things. But think about think about that night when they're sitting around the fire or really think about that morning when they get up early in the morning. Think about the advantage that they had with Jesus's presence. So, again, what are we talking about? We're talking about I can learn from your absence, but I can also learn from your presence, too. So can you imagine, guys, early, early, early in the morning and even late at night that you could go one on one 
with the person who created you, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and Genesis 1, the person that created you, just like I'm talking to you right now, you could sit there and have a conversation with the creator. Think about that for a minute. You know, if you guys have ever been to, to church camps or if you haven't, you should go because it's a great it's a great experience. And sometimes it's nice to just sit around the fire and maybe you have a devotional or maybe you're praying or maybe, you know, um, you know, there's a there's a there's a prayer, whatever, whatever it is by the fire, you know, as you conversate with God there. Imagine sitting there, but he's right there next to you, though. That's what the disciples had. You know, think about Peter. If he had a hard day, if he went out and did exactly what Jesus told him to do, guess what he can do? He could come back at the end of the day. Lord, it was hard today. Lord, I went out and tried to teach people. I got rejected. I went out and tried to do this. They kicked me out. I tried to do this and Lord, I miss my family. You know, I miss my wife. I miss, I miss my, I miss all of them by doing this work. He could sit there and have a conversation with God. And so think about all the disciples had that opportunity. And sometimes guys, when we, when we talk about the, the topic of, um, learning from your absence and learning from your presence sometimes, and I'm not comparing certain people to Jesus around you because that's, that'd be sacrilegious. So I'm not comparing certain people around you to Jesus because I, no one can compare to that man. No one can, but there are certain people in your lives that are really, 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 really good people, really good people. And Sometimes what what we can tend to do, and myself included in this, and I've done it, many times we can, what we can do is, I think sometimes we really don't know what we have around us. Like we really don't know. And, and the disciples, they knew that that was God. They knew that that was Christ. They knew it. But when you think about it, there were instances where they forgot who they were with. You know what I'm saying? They forgot. And, you know, I was I was looking at a quote today from, you know, keeping the sports examples. Um, there was a quote from um, Russell Wilson. He's a quarterback now, of the Denver Broncos and his friend from Seattle, his old team got traded like we talked about. And so they were talking to each other and they were talking about greatness. And they said, don't let greatness and don't let consistently consistency, don't let those things become routine. So think about it. The things and the people that we take advantage of the most are the things and the people that are the most consistent for us. Think about it. Because in the back of our minds, we know that the thing and the people are consistent. We know that. And and that's that's the stuff I'm talking about, guys, is is not really understanding what we have around us. Because here's the thing, and I'm going to let you in on some if you don't already know. In anything in life, whether that's your job, whether that's as a Christian, whether that's uh, in, in your friendships, in your relationships, no matter what it is, you know what's hard to maintain? It's hard to maintain consistency. If you didn't already know that, I, I'm 
pretty sure you'll learn it. In anything, it's hard to gain consistency. And then when you get it, and when you are that person, then that person or that thing is taken for granted because of their hard work to be consistent. You see what I'm saying? So think about Jesus was the most consistent man for them, wasn't he? He was he was the most consistent person. Jesus was always there for him, wasn't he? And so here's how we know that the disciples kind of took that for granted. So here, look at this verse. And if you hear me type and I have my computer next to me, and like I said, this is literally kind of how I brainstorm and how I study here. So think about this. Um, go to, uh, I believe it's Matthew. Yeah, I think it's Matthew chapter 26. Yeah, Matthew 26. And I believe it's verse number 56. And so again, remember, Jesus was always so consistent, right? But then the time that Jesus needed them to be consistent for him, right? According to verse um, verse number 26, but after all this was done, the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. The disciples forsook him and fled from him. Here's the thing about it, guys. The people and the things in your life that are consistent to you, it's hard for them to do that. I'm going to just be 100. It's hard for people to be consistent. And I think life tries to teach you that. And what do I mean? Think about think about your parents, for instance. You know, sometimes because you always know that they're there, you always know that you have a house. You always know that the bills are being paid. You always have what you need, whether it's, uh, whether it's you know, overabundance or you just have enough. Either way, you know that you're taken care of. But sometimes you don't really understand the level of consistency that they had to do until those responsibilities are on your shoulders now. So now those same responsibilities that some of them that that my my dad had just being males, some that my dad had, I have now. So now I understand how hard it is. And on some fraction, right, I understand how hard it is to carry those things. And that's without a family. That's just me. Right. That's not including four or five other people. So when, when we think about consistency, it's hard to maintain. I mean, just think about in the sports world, if you have the same team winning over and over and over, guess what the world does? They get tired of them and then they want somebody else to knock them off because we get tired of consistency. And it's that's the challenge. The challenge is not to get tired and not let consistency become a routine. But Jesus was always trying to show his disciples, look, just be consistent. The father is, you know, you even think about, um, I believe it's, it's Matthew chapter five. Let me make sure that's the right text here. But again, I mean, it's just a great context when Jesus is talking about how to become more like the father, right? So, um, so, so think about what Jesus does, right? Matthew 5, verse, verse 45. As she starts verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you, so that you might be the children of your father which is in heaven. For he, being the consistent father he is, he makes his son to rise on the evil and on the, on the good 
and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. So guess what? God is a picture of, of consistency. And it's hard, man. It, it's hard on two fronts. On one front, it's hard to actually do the work to be consistent. But then number two, it's hard because because you're consistent, you're not appreciated. So here's the thing about consistency. What people can convince you of and even you convince yourself of, you can convince yourself that consistency is boring. So because consistency is boring, I got to go try something new. I got to get something fresh. I got to get something. So doesn't that sound like the prodigal son in Luke 15? The father provided him everything in his home, right? So since he provided everything in his home, wouldn't the son get his chance after his father passed to not only get the inheritance, but probably have a portion of that land too? Yeah, his time was coming. But because he wanted something more than what his father gave him, he said, let me get what I have and let me go. See, sometimes what we can tend to do, what are we talking about? Learning from your your absence, but also learning from your presence. So what did the younger son learn? Sometimes you won't appreciate the consistent things in your life until you leave and realize those things and people that you thought would be consistent, they're not. So then when everybody else around him that was with him before, who was the first person that the young man thought of? The only consistent person that was in his life. My father. So you see why we can't. We can learn from somebody's presence. And again, man, it's I've done it. You know, we've all done it. It's so easy to take. Um, uh, what's the word? It, it's I don't want to say take advantage, but it, it's so easy to just in the back of your mind, just always think, oh, they'll just be there. You, you know, they're, they're, they'll you know, they'll just be there. It, it's hard to have. You know, as you have that mindset, because you always think it's just they're going to be a part, a part and a portion of your life that would never leave. But what happens when they do or if they do? It kind of shocks you, doesn't it? You know, it's the craziest thing. So now think about this. Remember Matthew 28 and when Jesus told them teaching all nations, baptizing them right in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, right? teaching them to observe all things I have commanded you. And then he said, lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth or the end of the age. And after Jesus, the consistent person that was with them all the time, after he left, what were the disciples doing? They just looked in the sky. And sometimes that's, that's what happens sometimes, man. Sometimes when, when the things and the people in your life, that are consistent, when they leave, number one, you'll understand how hard it was for them to stay because now you get it. But then number two, you'll almost be in a state of shock because you think about the disciples, they just looked, you know, the most consistent person that all of us have ever known is just gone. Literally, I mean, just gone. You know, you ever see those movies where you know, someone, uh, you know, a friend, a teacher, a coach, you know, whoever it is, they think they're always going to stay. And then they come in and the next day you see their replacement and you're like, wait, hold up. Where's coach so-and-so? Where's 
So-and-so. Where's so-and-so? Oh, yeah, this other school hired him. Oh, yeah, this other place hired him. Oh, yeah, someone else wanted him. So then they're like, wait, what is... I never thought he'd leave. I never thought she'd leave. I never thought they'd leave this place. Right? So you're, you're left in a state of shock. And so what did the angel have to tell them? Angel, why y'all looking up? Why are you looking into heaven? Why stand ye here gazing into heaven? See, that's the thing about it is sometimes when the people in your life that are very consistent, when you have to do what they do, then you see how heavy it is and you see how hard it was for them to be consistent. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes you got to think of how hard it is to, to be consistently good or great at something. It's difficult. It's difficult. And so we can learn from somebody's presence, you know, just as the disciples did, you know, they learn from Jesus's presence. But then here's, here's, here's the second front of this as we're talking. The second front is you can also learn from somebody's absence. So now, just like that sports example, right? So you can either decide to keep a player or if you think another player's better, you can trade them to get something else, right? You can do that. That's your right. And that's not, that's not wrong to do that. But here's what happens. So when you trade, here's the risk that you run. The thing that you traded, their absence is going to be felt tenfold because you only saw one portion of them. You didn't see what they were doing on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Thursday, on a Friday, on a Saturday. You only saw them perform on a Sunday. You didn't see what they did for the team the rest of the week. So what do you base your decision on? Some teams base their decision on the last year. He hasn't played well on Sundays. So I want this guy. Let's trade him. So they trade him. But little do they know the guy that they bring in doesn't have leadership, doesn't have great practice habits, goes out and parties all the time, is not consistent, might be strong, might be fast, but he's not what that guy was. So then guess what? Guess what team starts saying? Well, we we feel players so-and-so's absence, but who traded him? You did. So you can learn from somebody's presence, but best believe you can learn from somebody's absence too. Especially like the teams when we're the ones that decided to trade. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy, right? So now think about this. So think about the disciples. Jesus leaves. And after Jesus leaves, after they're doing all this great work, right? Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 10. All these good works that these men are doing. Guess what they're really starting to understand now? What Jesus was doing, what he made look easy, it's not. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And this is the thing about it too. The people in your life that make their job look easy, it's not. It's not easy. And so here's 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 a little tidbit on how we know from the text that later on in their lives, the disciples, and specifically John, how he 
how he began to really appreciate Christ in his absence. Now, John, out of all of them, John was always there with Jesus. And, you know, even there at the cross, you know, what did he tell? What did he tell Mary and John? This is your son, son. This is your this is your mother. So there was always that closeness. And I believe John always loved Christ and always um, showed Christ that love, because even in um, in John 21, remember when they were when they were there and Jesus or in John was laying on the on the chest of Jesus just laying there. So there was always the closeness there. But look at this. Look at first John chapter one. First John one. And I want you to listen to this language, because remember, you can learn from somebody's presence. But in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I think myself included and for you guys, too, and for the disciples, what we're about to read. In some cases, I think we can learn more from somebody's absence. I think we can learn more from their absence. Because what people did seeming seemingly for us, seamlessly for us. Now, if we have to pick up that slack or if someone else who's not prepared for it or who's not as consistent as they were when they try to pick it up you instantly feel it so just like those sports teams right man we shouldn't have traded them man we shouldn't have traded them i don't know what i was thinking we shouldn't have we shouldn't have we shouldn't have but guess what now he's over here and now he's thriving because he said look i was willing to give that to you guys but you didn't want it so because you didn't want it does that mean i stopped giving it to somebody who does that same leadership, that same play, that same championship mindset, if you don't want to have it, trade me. I'll go give it to somebody else. So now look at what the disciples did in John in 1 John 1, verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which is God, which is Christ, Genesis 1, John 1. That which is from the beginning, which we heard, which we have seen, with our own eyes, which we have looked upon, which our hands have handled of the word of life. See, here's the thing. When you miss something, whatever that is, whether that literally it could be it could be a sport, it could be food, <laughs> it could be a person. Whenever you miss something, guess what you become amazing at doing? Describing it. So if you haven't had a certain type of food in five years, guess what you can sit there and talk to another person about? I remember the crust. <laughs> I remember how it smelled when we walked in. I remember, you see what I'm saying? Because what's what's kicking in now? What's kicking in is the memory. So now look at what John's able to do now. Look at, look at how detailed he's describing Christ. We saw him. We looked at him. We, we, we could hold him. He was the word of life. We heard him. Then verse two, for the life, which was manifested, we've seen it and we bear witness of it. And we show that to you, which was the father that was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, we declare, we teach unto you so that you can have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. So isn't that a beautiful scene, guys? Can you imagine an older John sitting there 
talking to a group of people. Tell us more about Jesus. Tell us more about him. And can you imagine John reminiscing and John saying, man, I miss those times. I miss those times where I was sitting by the fire with him and I could just lay my head on his on his shoulder. I miss the time where I could sit there and talk to him. I miss those times where I didn't even have to say anything. I would just listen to him. I miss those times where, you know, whenever I was hurting, I could go give him a hug. I miss those times where if if he could just say my name again, if he could just, you see what I'm saying? Look at the emotion that John could have spoken this with. I miss him. But here's the great thing about him. He's coming back. You see what I'm saying? Ah, man, it's just, oh, it's just a beautiful thought. And sometimes, you know, when we think about this topic we're talking about, you can learn so much from someone's absence, and you can also learn so so much from someone's presence. There was a, a documentary I was watching, and in the doc, uh, there was a player, and the player was traded to another team. And it was one of those situations where that player wasn't really appreciated. He was only seen for one part of what he did. And so they they traded him. And so after they traded him, he went and he left and went to another team. And I'm talking about he was just winning, 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 winning. And after his career was over, the person that traded him, that team from this day that traded him, that team has never won again. Hasn't even been close to winning. They got a lot. They got a lot of players, but they haven't been close to winning. It's never been the same since he left. And so the manager, guess what he said to the player? I shouldn't have traded you. That's my fault. I shouldn't have traded you. Here's the thing about it, guys. So many times we can do that even with Jesus. We can trade them. Well, Jesus, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're consistent, but I got to try this, though. I need this. I feel like I want this. You know, and, and we'll trade them. We'll trade them for money, for fame, for for us, for what we want, for ourselves. We'll trade them for, for anything. But the beautiful thing about it is we can be like the, the prodigal in Luke 15 And after we've done a bad transaction, we can always go back and say, Lord, I apologize. I want to come back. Shouldn't have traded you. You know, and there's been and even there's been instances with people. You know, I've heard I could tell you stories on stories on stories on stories of of good Christians, not even not even preachers or elders or deacons, just good Christians you know, good Christians, good preachers, good whatever. For some reason, they just had to leave or they were told to go. And years later, we shouldn't have let you go. We shouldn't have done this. We shouldn't have done that. Sometimes, you know, I think when when you when you talk about that word trade, you know, it comes from from a bartering system where you'll only trade if you think what you give away 
you can get something of greater value. And sometimes what we can do with God and with people in our lives is sometimes we trade them and we feel like I could get equal or better for you than what you've already given. And sometimes when we talk about learning from someone's presence and absence, in that case, you'll learn from both. And in that case, what tends to happen is you learn through the school of hard knocks. Shouldn't have traded it. <laughs> Should, you ever you ever done that just with anything? I mean, with with a with a car, with with something that you sold, and maybe you needed the money. You know, maybe you thought that what you were selling, it was, you know, the value of what you were going to get was better than what you were selling. And then after you sold it, you kept it for a few days and you're like, man, I need that car back. <laughs> There's too many memories. I need that car back. I need that boat back. I need this. I need this toy back. I need it back. I thought I could get rid of it. I thought I could, I thought I could do without it. But now that it's been gone for days, I need it back. I need it back. You ever done that before? I've done that, man. I just, I'm sorry. I thought I could part with it, but I need it back. I'm sorry, bro. I, I just need it back. It's too much sentimental value there. I need it back. And so that's the great thing about it is sometimes if we've done some bad trades in our lives, and I'm not saying that you'll always get it back because I'm actually working on a podcast on that. Sometimes, sometimes you will get it back. And that's, that's awesome. That's great. But sometimes you won't get it back. So this is why you got to be vigilant and you got to be cognizant of what you really have. You really got to be cognizant of what you really have. Because the time that you wish you had it back is too late. Either that thing like that player, either that thing or that person has moved on to greater and greater heights you know, or it's just not, it's just not the time. It's just not the time. And so the great thing about it is the disciples, they learned from the presence of Jesus. No doubt. No doubt they learned from him. But they also learned about him and how much they missed him when he left. Then they learned that too. And so I think this is, you know, this is a great opportunity for all of us to show some gratitude, myself included. Um, because sometimes you won't really understand the um, the value of something or someone until, like, until you don't have it. And when you don't have it, then you realize this thing, this item, this person, this job, this whatever, this was the one thing that was consistent and I traded it. I traded it for something that I thought would replace it or to be honest, that I thought would be better than that thing or that person. And then I realized it's not. It's not. And so maybe that's been you. You know, maybe you've done some bad deals. Right. Maybe you've done some bad deals. You know, if that's the case, here's the thing about it. When you make a bad deal in order to make a better deal, 
you have to admit the first deal was bad. I made a bad deal. I shouldn't have let this go. I made a bad deal. But in order to make a better counter offer, you got to understand, okay, this this was a bad deal, but now I want to make a better move moving forward. You see what I'm saying? So now the disciples, after they understood Christ was gone, then what was their deal now? Let's go. Let's go to work. Let's work for them. So, I mean, that's that's just kind of a couple thoughts um, that I kind of had and I was kind of brainstorming and wanted to work through with you. Just the topic of, you know, you can learn from someone's presence, but you can also learn from their absence, too. You know, I think in both ways, there's a lot of things to assess. There's a lot of things to learn from. There's a lot of things to grow from. But either way, you're going to learn. (laughs) <laughs> what well, you know, some people on the basketball court, you're going to learn today. <laughs> you, you'll learn. You will learn. Um, but when you learn it, it's it's just a matter of like, what do you do next? Like, what do you do after you learn? And so um, I hope that we can kind of make some better deals. And if we haven't made good deals, kind of recognize it and do what we can to make some better ones. So hopefully that was able to help you guys. Uh, just kind of a couple thoughts. Um um, for kind of this podcast as I'm kind of hanging out here. Um, but Lord willing, what's today? Thursday. Wow. So it's Thursday. Um, Lord willing, uh, we'll be back with another podcast for sure on Monday. Um, I don't know about this weekend, but I know for sure we're going to have one on Monday. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to studying with you guys. Um, Again, check out the social media because I'm asking for help for this next podcast. So leave a comment on there. And uh, I appreciate you guys. And uh, Lord willing, I will see you guys on Monday. Thanks, guys.